Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a sometimes weekly, sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly podcast dedicated to Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Peter, and today we're on another Think on Your Feet episode. It has been a little bit of a while since I've done one of these, uh, and consequently a while since Frank has done one of these. Been a bit of a busy lifetime at the moment, um, so it's uh, it's been bit more difficult to fit in actually playing Arkham <laughs> along with uh, recording podcasts about it. Uh, we've got a bunch of other stuff coming soon. I don't know whether it's coming before or after this podcast, uh, but I'm pretty hyped. I think we've done, we've had a streak of uh, kind of interesting episodes, which I've, I've really enjoyed recording. But that's not what we're here to talk about at the moment. We are continuing with our quest in the Dreamlands, the, the Dream Eaters campaign. Uh, I'm playing Agnes. Frank is playing, Jesus, Mark, right? <laughs> I'm going to look silly if that's wrong. Uh, I, I'm, I started off in the waking world, but I've swiftly ended up somewhere that doesn't seem so much like the waking world. Uh, it's been going okay. I, I'm playing Agnes, just, just to kind of remind myself as much as everyone else. Agnes is running like a, a mind's eye deck with lots of spell events. Uh, and it's been going okay. It's going okay. It's going okay. She's got, like, a really solid willpower, and it turns out if you're able to use her willpower to take all of the tests, you take all of the tests at a really high value, uh, and that's worked pretty well. From last episode, I'm just adjusting my stats, from last episode, I descended down a very long flight of stairs chased by an unnameable enemy, and I had five whole experience to spend. And as suggested at the end of the last episode, what I've gone for is two Relic Hunters. So that gives me three potential accessories at the same time, uh, which is good because I've got five accessories in my deck and a, and a Fearless level two. Uh, Relic Hunter, I, can, I, I like the double Relic Hunter. I do. Um, you don't often get to do it, but it's just when you've gone for one, you're like, right, accessories time. Uh, and then you stick loads of accessories in the deck. Because normally I only have one run, one accessory in a deck. And now I'm kind of spot for choice. So, uh, Also, uh, Glyn, a uh, friend of the show, and, and uh, the guy who runs the Dumb Luck series on YouTube, which is well worth checking out, it's just absolutely blown his mind that I took even one Relic Hunter. So I think a second one is going to cause him to faint. Uh, and yeah, Fearless, uh, I, I seem to remember I was struggling a little bit with sanity in the last scenario. So... You know, sanity healing is never going to go amiss in Agnes because you use it as a resource. So yeah, why the hell not? And I've also taken the silver key, which is a nice little uh, sanity bump if I play it. But also, uh, I think more importantly in this deck, it's got some incredible icons. I think it's got, I think it's two wild and one willpower, which is really good for me. Um, even just two wild is good, but, but with the willpower as well. Yes. Right, where are we? We are in Point of No Return. Frank and I have been chatting about our best ways through this these scenarios. There's the Tower of Koth in this scenario, and if I can pass a five difficulty strength test, I can find an alternate way at the Dreamlands. I think if we've done our homework right, that's not necessary to get a good ending. Uh, if I can do it, fine, but I'm not going to stress too much about it. And what have we got here? Scenario 3B, point of no return. I am going to read the full text, so feel free to skip ahead if uh, this isn't isn't your bag. Okay, first of all, if Randolph did not survive the descent, 
Intro 1, no he did. If Randolph survived the descent, skip to intro 2. You have finally reached the dreamlands, but it is not as you expected. This cyclopean underworld is far from the wondrous lands, fabulous cities described in Virgil Gray's writings. Perhaps the author never ventured this far underground, never found the horrors that lurk beneath the surface of the dreamlands. You suspect he would not have left out tales of such a spine-chilling nature. As you venture into the dark, barren realm, you raise your concerns with Randolph. It is true that we are further from your companions than we intended, he affirms. However, if I may offer another sentiment, perhaps this is a blessing in disguise. Clearly the underworld has something to do with the creatures invading our reality. I suggest we investigate further while we have the chance. We can return to the surface of the dreamlands once we have discovered the truth. You ask Randolph if he has any leads, and he steps to the edge of a jagged cliff overlooking the cavernous realm below. I have been here before, he says quietly, getting his bearings. Those walls in the distance belong to the city of Gugs. To the south is a stretch of plains that looks over the vale below. That plain is where the ghouls live. Perhaps there we can learn more. You raise your doubts aloud, wondering if such creatures are even capable of peaceful conversation. They are more intelligent than you think, and could be quite helpful if we can convince them to aid us. In fact, there is one I count among my friends, an artist by the name of Richard Pickman. If we are fortunate enough to find him, that might be our best chance. You still have your doubts, but at least now you have a plan. Whether or not it is a good plan remains to be seen. Uh, Richard Pickman there from Pickman's model, I believe. Richard Upton Pickman. Okay, that's the scenario set up. I must admit, it's been a... I've only played the scenario once before, so... I'm a little bit in the dark here. I know this this campaign's been out for ages, but I've only managed to get through it once in total. So uh, this is going to be a bit of a voyage of discovery. So hopefully you'll you'll join me on that. Right, opening hand. We've got five cards. We've got uh, Crystal Pendulum. We've got Spectral Razor. We've got Scrounge for Supplies. We've got Scrounge for Supplies. And we've got Spectral Razor. So that's two Spectral Razors, two Scrounge for Supplies, and a Crystal Pendulum. Notably, there's no Mind's Eye. Now... I did say at the end of the last episode, a hard mulligan for Mind's Eye is worth it. And I know at the beginning of this scenario, I've got... I think you've got to get three clues? Oh, no, no, I don't need to get the three clues. But each of these locations is a Veep location. So I think it's absolutely worth getting the clues. Yeah, I think it's worth getting these clues. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, Mind's Eye is useful anyway. So I'm going to do a pretty hard mulligan. I think everything except Crystal Pendulum, I'm going to ditch. One, two, three, four. So I'm going to draw... The silver key, unexpected courage, mind's eye, yes, that's great, and ah, forbidden knowledge, also pretty useful. Cool, right, let me just shuffle these cards back into my deck, and then we can get cracking. Okay, so yeah, just, 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 just to repeat, crystal pendulum, silver key, unexpected courage, mind's eye, and forbidden knowledge. And what have we got? A sinister realm. The underworld is a cavernous realm, almost another world unto itself. Its ceiling is so far in the distance that it might as well be a sombre, overcast sky. The walls of the caverns are dimly lit by a flickering grey light with no apparent source. You wander through the twisting catacombs in search of the way forward, but you can't shake the feeling that you're being followed. You have succeeded in reaching the dreamlands, but this is not quite what you expected. You are in the underworld, and it will take some work to find your bearings in this sinister place. Forced, after an enemy with one or more clues on it is defeated, take control of each of those clues. Objective, find Richard Upton Pickman. You'll be instructed when to advance. And I seem to remember, yeah, so Plane of the Ghouls. Right, so I'm in the Vaults of Zin, and this 
is a one clue, one reap location, and it's veiled, which means I can flip it over. Plane of the Ghouls, veiled. Gug enemies cannot enter the Plane of the Ghouls. If a Gug enemy would spawn at the Plane of the Ghouls, spawn at the City of the Gugs instead. Right. So, I, I, I seem to remember on the back of each of these locations an enemy appears. That gives you more clues. But I don't necessarily think I want that to happen. Right, okay, 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 fine. Let, let, let's blast on then. Um, so, what have I got? I've got a four shroud location, a two shroud location, and a three shroud location. I've got Mind's Eye, which is three secrets, uh, and a crystal pendulum, which would be good to get down straight away, because that probably lets me get the four shroud, the clue of the four shroud location. I've got an unexpected courage in my hand, which puts me two over on the city of Gugs to investigate. Ah, hang on. When I enter the city of Gugs, flip it over and resolve the text on the side. Now, I'm pretty sure a there's an enemy on the side of that. So, when I move in there, an enemy will appear. Do I want... Oh, keeping the silver key, actually, as, a, as another unexpected courage might be the way to go, unfortunately. I mean, I've got Quantum Flux in my deck, so I can get it back. I think, regardless, first turn probably looks like Mind's Eye Crystal Pendulum. And then investigate this location. And I don't think I want to flip that over. So so here's my thinking. I think if you if you flip over this location, that gives you another clue, which means you don't have to go to the city of the cooks, because I think you need three clues. Hmm. <laughs> first turn first turn's relatively straightforward then. So we're gonna play Mind's Eye, which uses up both of my um uh, arcane slots, and I'm going to play the Crystal Pendulum. So that's all five resources right down the drain. And then we are going to use Mind's Eye to investigate this location. So that lets me investigate at five on three, and I think let's have a quick look at the Chaos Bag. So Elder Things are minus three. Skulls at the moment are zeros. Cultists has revealed another token. So we've got one, two, three, minus threes. So we've got one, two, three, four zeros. Plus I've got a feeling the Elder Sign is zero because I've, yeah, I've got no horror on me. So that's one, two, three, f actually that's because I've got three skulls in the bag. One, two, three, four, five, six zeros. So zero is the most common token in the bag by a margin. So let's state with crystal pendulum we're gonna draw we're gonna draw zero that's a third of the pack so i've got a one and three chance of getting a getting a card here it's a zero <laughs> how about that so that draws me a card ethereal form oh that's good and that gives me a clue obviously and a veep we're cooking my gas now uh no enemies so gain a resource and draw a card the shining a trapezohedron always a good one and then we'll draw an encounter card as well. It is... Oof. Grasping hands. Oh, we definitely don't want this. This is really nasty. This could be an unexpected courage situation here. Oh, man, but I really want that. I've got that. I'm going to have to use the silver key, I think. Yeah, let's, let's chuck in unexpected courage to this test. So that puts me at... Two of. I mean, actually, I've got a fairly decent chance of drawing a zero. If I draw minus three, though, that's three damage. 
I don't think it's worth it. So I'll use Crystal Pendulum to name the zero again. Uh, we've drawn a minus two. Okay. Oops. So that's gone. Crystal Pendulum's used, but I don't take a bunch of damage. So when, sorry, just to be clear, when, I, when I'm naming token values of Crystal Pendulum, I find it far easier to name what I think I'm going to draw as in the numerical value of what I'm going to draw, because it works out the same, right? So it doesn't, it stops me having to do the addition every time I, uh, I take a test. And so if I say I'm naming zero of Crystal Pendulum, it means I'm naming six, which is my skill value at the moment. Right, okay, well that was less than ideal, I think, because I really wanted that unexpected courage to try and grab a clue. But we've still got silver, silver key. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I combined Shining Trapezohedron and Silver Key there. So we've got Silver Key, Shining Trapezohedron, Forbidden Knowledge in Ethereal Form, and we have a single resource. I think I might quite like the Shining Trapezohedron in play, because that will let me play the Ethereal Form if I need to. So what I think I can do is move... Um, this is an awkward one, actually. Because when I, I think when I move into the City of Gugs, the big Gug lad is going to spawn on me and what i don't want to do is take any attacks from him but i also don't want to move to the plane of ghouls yet ultimately i'd have to do move investigate but then if i that leaves me in a situation where i'm either moving or evading right and if i move i take an attack of opportunity i don't have enough resources oh this is awkward sorry folks I mean, the alternative is I go to the Plane of Ghouls, so I do move, investigate, and then maybe waste an action next turn. Uh, in fact, I'm always going to have the same issue, unless I move in, move... Yeah, I'm always going to have the same issue, because I need to do move, investigate, evade. So, actually, unless I do some, like, I could play Ethereal Form, move in. Oh, this is confusing. This is confusing. What's the best the best way to do this? I can't think. I think I'm going to play the Trapezohedron. I'm sort of just running off instinct here. So that can go in effectively my tarot slot. Yes, that's fine. I suppose the question is, could I take one attack of opportunity from the big guy? I am going to get an ally at some point soon. If I wait till next turn, that means I'm doing... I'm still doing move, evade, investigate, then move back out next turn. So unless I've evaded, that screws me up. I think I need, I'm going to end up taking one attack from from him no matter what I do. So what I'm going to do is spend both actions building up here. So I'm going to play Forbidden Knowledge. So that's one, two, and then I'm going to move into the City of Gugs. So I flip that over. The Kingdom of Gugs is surrounded by a colossal wall. Inside, cylindrical towers rise high into the mist, each one windowless and made of grey stone, with large looming doorways at the bottom. One black tower stands paramount amongst the others, rising into the very ceiling of the underworld. You do not make it very far before you spot the sentry standing guard outside the city's walls. A tremendous creature with huge furry arms and an obscene toothy maw extending vertically through its head. Spawn the set aside Gug sentinel enemy at this location with uh, one clue on it. Test three agility. If you succeed, Gug, Gug sentinel enters play exhausted and unengaged. Otherwise it enters play engaged with you. Flip this card back over. So it's still got one clue on it. And let's grab the big guy. And he's an absolute beefcake. Bop. I'll put a clue on him. Right. Uh, five fight. <laughs> two health, three a jade. 
a, a jade? Evade. Gug's Sentinel gets plus two health, so he's four health. Forced, after Gug's Sentinel readies, deal one horror to each investigator at its location. Then two pink eyes shone, and the head of the awakened Gug Century, large as a barrel, wobbled into view. H.P. Lovecraft, The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. Cool, right, so we do get the test. I'm not hoping to... Not planning slash hoping to pass this. Oh, we've drawn a skull, which is a zero. Oh, sweet, okay. Right, well, that's an unexpected bonus. So he's ev uh, he's evaded at this location. Uh, and I'm here, ready to go for next turn. And that is the end of my turn. No enemies in the enemy phase. Doing anything in the enemy phase, rather. This, this big lad readies and then engages me. And then my crystal pendulum also readies as well. And this isn't too bad now, actually. So we gain a resource and we draw a card. Storm of Spirits. That might come in useful. Cool. Oh, you know what I didn't do last turn was put a Doom on the agenda. Bloody hell, Peter. Right, we're up to two, two of five Doom on the agenda there. Okay, uh, encounter card. What have we got? We have a, a Gruul Minion. Oh, sorry. When the Gug Sentinel readies, he deals me a horror. So I'll take the horror and I'll deal one damage to him. Man, we're actually looking like we could, we could kill. We could kill the Gug Sentinel, actually, reasonably. Yeah, we definitely could. It's going to be tough. It's, it, it will be tough, but it's maybe worth it. All I'd need to do is take another... Can I take a horror somehow? Oh, yeah, I've got Forbidden Knowledge. Perfect. Yeah, oh, sweet. This has worked out very well indeed. Okay, cool. Well, we'll, we'll what we'll do is we'll use Shining Trapezohedron to play Storm of Spirits. So, remind me... Let's just remind ourselves how Shining Trapezohedron works, because I think it is easy to get wrong. When you pay pay the cost of a spell card, exhaust Shining Trapezohedron. Instead, test X Willpower, where X is that card's resource cost. If you succeed, its resource cost is considered paid. If you fail, cancel the playing of that card without paying any of its costs, including its action cost. For the remainder of the round, you cannot play copies of that card. So I'm going to take a three difficulty willpower test now on six. I will name zero as the token I think I'm going to draw. And we draw minus two. Well, that is okay, but it's a pass. It's not a special symbol, which is fine. So that deals two damage to the ghoul minion, which discards it. It deals two damage to the Gug sentinel. So that uh, puts him on three damage of four. Uh, and then what I'll do is I'll use forbidden knowledge. I will take a resource off forbidden knowledge which deals a horror to me. Uh, I'm now on 6-6, six, six, but it deals a damage to the Gug Sentinel and puts him in the bin. I could really do with my meat cleaver, actually, because that, that, that's going to chop up those um, those wee lads pretty well. Sweet. Okay, and that's, a, that's another clue. So I've got two clues. And that was only one action. Oh, boy. We're, uh, we're kicking ass today. Right, what I'm going to do then is investigate this location, and I'm going to commit the silver key sadly to this test which puts me on four on two for the investigators they've got two shroud on the city of gugs uh, and that's a minus two so that's uh the last clue of this location i'm not going to flip it over i don't even know what happens if you do flip it over because he's not set aside anymore is he and then last action i can move into the plane of the ghouls so i cannot flip this at the moment because it's got a clue on it and it's veiled, so I'll have to do that next turn. But that's not too bad. We're doing okay, I think. Right, end of turn. There's no enemies. There's three cards to... No, there's two cards. Yeah, the three cards are ready. Forbidden Knowledge does exhaust. 
So Forbidden Knowledge, Crystal Pendulum, and Shining Trapezohedron all ready. Just as a bit of a... This, no, I'll tell you what, let's take a resource and draw a card. Fearless. Okay. That's, that's fine. Just to remind ourselves what we've got. We've got Shining Trapezohedron, yes. We've got the Pendulum. We've got a Mind's Eye with two charges and a Forbidden Knowledge with three charges on it. This is all good stuff. We'll put another Doom on the agenda. So that's three of five. I think we're doing roughly okay here, actually. Uh, oh, well, we were. Unexpected Ambush. Scheme. Revelation. If there are no enemies in play, take one damage and one horror. Otherwise, test four... Uh, well, I don't need to do any of that. But it's worth knowing that's an intellect and an agility test, which is bad for me. <laughs> so I take one damage and one horror. That's not ideal. That puts me on five health left quite early in the scenario and five horror left. Yeah, that's 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 not exactly ideal. I'm wondering whether some cheeky damage soak could be good for the last scenario. We've now got what's it called? The leather upgraded leather coat. So a couple of them could be pretty tasty. That's an extra nine damage I can soak. Regardless, let's get this last clue. So with we're willpower six uh, on a uh, shroud of four when we're using mind's eye. So I'm going to put fearless into this test, which puts me on seven on four. And I will name once again with the crystal pendulum zero. We'll draw a token. And we've got minus one. Well, no card once again, which is sad. But we do get the last clue. So that puts us on four clues and one charge left on mind's eye, which is looking a bit perilous. Let's flip over the the plane of ghouls and see what it says. If the investigators possess at least three clues, having spent considerable time exploring the upper layer, you understand the ghouls' nature a bit more. They are more welcome, welcoming than their kin might have been in the past, speaking to you in grunting, grunting monosyllable. Jesus. The, the ghouls can't speak. Peter can't speak. They are more welcoming than their kin have been in the past, speaking to you in grunting monosyllabic English. As you consider your options, you are approached by one of their kind who still wears human clothing. Unlike the rest, he is able to communicate with you perfectly. With an air of authority and wisdom about him, he demands to know why you have come to this place. Investigators spend three clues as a group, advance the current act, and flip this card back over. Randolph gives a shout of recognition as the ghoul approaches. He and the creature shake hands and converse for a short while, after which he introduces you. This is the ghoul I spoke to you about. He is an old friend of mine, and he's offered to guide us through the underworld. He has some dire news, however. Randolph goes on to explain. Strange happenings have been occurring within the underworld. He tells of dark forces spreading throughout the vale below the plain of the ghouls, of vile weavers that, that crawl along the cavern walls, and of a terrible howling cry that penetrates throughout the realm. All of it, he says, emanates from one place, an ocean of pitch in the realm's deepest layer. Choose an investigator to take control of the set-aside Richard Upton Pickman story asset. For the remainder of the scenario, if he leaves play, remove from the game. Put each set-aside Veil location into play. Find each card from the Striking Fear encounter set, even if they are out of play, and remove them from the game. Shuffle the set-aside Terror of the Veil and Night Gaunt's encounter set into the encounter deck, along with the discard pile. So first of all, let's do this in order, because quite a bit to deal with here. Richard Upton Pickman. I'll put him in my ally slot, though he isn't actually an ally. So he's a venerable ghoul. Uh, I mean, he doesn't look friendly. Free action, exhaust Richard Upton Pickman, choose a ghoul enemy or location, and attach it to him face down. Action, 
Exhaust Richard Upton Pikmin. Fight. You attack with a base of 5. That's good. Instead of standard damage, this attack deals damage equal to the number of face-down encounter cards attached to Richard Upton Pikmin. Now that's actually pretty handy. If I can get a single ghoul on him, it's a shame I've just killed a ghoul. Then I can... that's like gonna save me mind's high charges, right? Because I can just punch at base 5 doing 1 damage. That's pretty tasty. That's pretty tasty. Right, that's that done. Put each set aside Veil location to play. So what we've got is playing the ghouls down into into the crag of the ghouls. Makes sense, I guess. Just connected to that and that. Veil of Panath is connected to the crag and the peaks and then two locations we haven't seen. Oh, the Veil is actually connected to the Sea of Bones, so they're connected diagonally as well. Sea of Bones is connected to the leg bone. Sorry, peaks and crag and veil. Okay, so weirdly there's like a, those, the top three are connected and then the peaks are only connected to the other two. Now there is the nasty, nasty location here, the Vale of Panath. While I, there are clues remaining of Vale of Panath, investigators at Vale of Panath cannot play cards or commit cards to skill tests. Oof, we don't like that. Right, the peaks of Thok, we're going to, we can ignore that does something bad. We, can, we might end up there, is this, this is the issue. Sea of Bones, two shroud. After you discover one or more clues on it, flip it over. Oh yeah, that's bad. I remember that. And then Crag of the Ghouls. For the first treachery drawn during the Mythos phase by an investigator at this location, gain Surge. So yeah, we don't want to end up there. We don't want to end up there. At the end of the turn. Right, okay, cool. Right, that's the... F God, I'm, I'm taking my time over this, aren't I? Striking Fear. Don't think we've drawn any of those yet, have we? Uh, cool, so that's gone. Terror of the Veil and Night Gods into the deck. I don't like either of those. There's Terror of the Veil. This is the the Slithering D-hole. And there's the Night Gods. And then that's the rest of the encounter deck. Okay, right, let's have a look. Now the question is, where the hell was I? <laughs> I think that was my first action, but it seems like literally forever ago. Oh yeah, hang on, I haven't read the next agenda. I've done all of that, so let's chuck that card away. The descent. The way into the, the way to the veil below is dangerous. Is dangerous? Is treacherous. You'll have to climb down from a place Pikmin calls the Crag of the Ghouls, where the creatures cast the discarded remains of their macabre meals. You can only imagine what the depths might be like. After an enemy with one or more clues on it is defeated, take control of each of those clues. Find a way to the Sea of Pitch. You'll be instructed when to advance. Right, I believe it's sort of the same situation. Oh, this is nasty because I don't want to be in either of the other locations. Yeah, so it's the same situation where I need to get to the Vale of Panath three clues. All of these locations have clues on, uh, victory points on them, so I'd, ideally I'd like to, to clear them all out. The thing I'm really struggling for at the moment is is now um, cards. I really, really need some cards. Because I, what I don't have is anything like any clue events. I need. I could do with another mind's eye. I could really do with another mind's eye. And also I really don't want to draw two encounter cards. What I am tempted to do is to spend the last two actions this turn drawing cards. And I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's bad at all, to be honest with you. So, okay, let's draw a card. Oh, read the signs. That is absolutely perfect. Yes, brilliant. 
brilliant, 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 brilliant. Ah, and a meat cleaver. Fine. Meat cleaver is less important. Well, I mean, I've, I've got to get a ghoul. So we'll see about that. There's three ghoul minions in the deck, I think. So that sounds about right. Uh, but we can just wait and see. Okay, cool. Right. So that's two cards. So I gain a resource and I draw a card. Spectral Razor. Ooh. Oh, well, I've got like um, a full house. Not a full house. What's the word? Three of a kind? No, the opposite of three of a kind. A straight? <laughs> Collection? <laughs> a cycle? So I've got Ethereal Form, Read the Sign, Spectral Razor, and Meekly of all in my hand. We're ready the Crystal Pendulum. And we're ready for the next turn. So this is four Doom of five. And I need to draw an encounter card. Oh, Whispers of Hypnos. Peril, so I can't tell you what's on it. Uh, choose a skill, willpower, intellect, uh, fight, or feat. For the remainder of the round, each investigator gets minus two to the chosen skill. I think probably feat? I don't... Maybe fight? Minus two to the chosen skill. So using these cards is still going to... I'm still gonna have a modified stat. Let's pick. I think it's got to be evasion because we got. I've got any enemies with us now, but I believe the Sea of Bones does spawn an enemy when you move into it, so I might want to evade it. What's the? Here's a question. Here's a question for you. What is the fight value on the the Slithering D hole? Uh, sorry, the the health on the Slithering D hole. And is it elite? I think it is elite, and it's. It's, it, he's a beefy lad as well. I think he's like, don't think he gets big. He's not quite as bad as the, what's it called? The really big lad. But I don't think I'm going to kill it in one turn. Let's pick fight for that and discard that. Uh, action one. I'm going to move to the Sea of Crags. Sorry, Sea of Crags? What am I talking about? Crag of the Ghouls. Uh, I'm going to use Shining Trapezohedron to play Read the Signs. So that's a two difficulty, so I'm two on six. It's a skull, which is fine. That's still a zero. So I definitely... Oh, I would have named zero with my crystal pendulum. So that draws me a card. Ah, fearless level two. Hello. May well need you. So that gets me two clues. Yeah, baby. Actually, that puts me on three clues, doesn't it? So I could maybe just dive straight down if I don't want to farm some more victory points. That is pretty tempting, to be honest. All right, let's flip this lad over. Scouting the veil. Looking out over the... Barren Vale, you get a sense of the threats that dwell below. Underneath the plateau upon which you stand, a forest of obscene pale fungi extends for miles. Beyond that is a great heap of bones, like an ocean pouring forth in all directions. You swear you can see something crawling or worming its way along the surface of the bones, but perhaps it's just your imagination. In the distance, great sharp peaks of stone loom over the Vale. Black, winged creatures fly around the summit, searching for prey. You see no sign of this ocean of pitch Pikmin described, though you do notice a wide cavern opening along a wall of stone to the right of the veil below. You may look at the top two cards of the encounter deck. You may discard up to half of those cards. Return the rest of the top of the encounter deck in any order. For the remainder of the game, ignore the text on Crag of Ghouls. Flip this card back over. Well, we'll definitely do that. Right, let's have a look. What have we got? Oh, interestingly, it's a... Uh, it's a ghoul minion and grasping hands. Cool. Well, I mean, I don't mind a ghoul minion at all because I can kill them for free. So let's discard the grasping hands and next turn we will draw a ghoul minion. 
Cool, cool beans. So that's two actions. So I did a move and a read the signs. Now, the question is, the Slithering D-Hole, I think he has a Veep on him. I have, what have I got so far in terms of Veeps? One, two, three, four, five. And I can get into the Veil of Panath for another Veep. Oof, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? This is a difficult one. I, I have got the Meat Cleaver in my hand and I've got enough resources to play it. I've got nowhere safe to stand to play it at the moment because I don't want to end the turn here. I mean, if I could collect more ghouls, then that would be great because then I'm hitting it, hitting it at a much higher value. Maybe next turn... Oh, that's not going to work, is it? I've spent two actions, so I'd need to move. I can move from the Veil to the Sea of Bones, so next turn I could do move... Okay, so, so so yeah, just 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 to highlight my what my I'm not being as good. Frank did brief me on the best way to to um, run these episodes and being a bit more descriptive. Uh, I feel like I've been jumping around a bit, so sorry if it's been a bit hard to listen to. Yeah, so I can move to the Sea of Bones. I've got one action left. I can move to the Sea of Bones. I think the Sea of Bones will spawn the big lad if I do that. Whether he comes into play exhausted or not, I'm not sure. Fine. That means next turn. I can't play my meat cleaver. I do have ethereal form, though. I do have ethereal form, which is nice. And I have a spectral razor, so I could I could stab him. Or I can move to the Vale of Panath and get that clue. I still can't play the meat cleaver if I'm at the Vale of Panath, because you can't play cards there. I think what I'm going to do is move to the Sea of Bones. Okay, I'm going to move to the Sea of Bones. Uh, so after you discover one or more clues at Sea of Bones... Ah, okay, whoa, I've totally misread this. That's absolutely fine. Don't flip it over yet. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Perfect. Okay, so that's fine. That's that's my turn. So I did move, play, read the signs, move. And I'm at the Sea of Bones now, two shrouds. So I can, if I have a good set of icons, I can probably investigate this. Uh, we'll ready the Shining Trap as a Hedium. We'll ready, ready the Pendulum. We'll gain a resource and we'll draw a card. Tis Arcane Initiate. Ooh, actually not. Ah, oh, that's a real shame because the agenda is about to advance. <laughs> Well, never mind. We do know we're drawing something very simple to deal with in the Mythos phase, so that's good. Uh, so, fine. Take up the Doom to 5, and we'll advance this guy. Shuffle the Encounter discard. Oh no! Pile into the Encounter deck. Place one damage on the Scenario Reference card. So now Skulls are minus one, so I think minus one's probably going to be the right call with the, um, uh, with the Crystal Pendulum now. Beset by monsters. As you continue to explore, the creatures of the underworld grow agitated and begin to pursue you, as if compelled by some unseen force. Hint, the game will not necessarily end when this agenda advances. The stability of the realm will continue to unravel. So I think what this does is it continues to put the damage onto the um, the card, which is going to start building up pretty soon. Okay, right. So we have... Uh, encounter phase. Mythos phase. Sorry. Why am I drawing an encounter card? Uh, I'm drawing a bloody... Oh, God's sake! It's grasping hands! Ugh. Test three agility for each point you fell by. Take one damage. Ugh, I've got nothing I want to put into this test. I've got an ethereal form, but I want to keep that. So I'm just going to have to take it. Minus two, so that's two damage. I think we just put the two straight on Richard up to Pikmin, to be honest. Don't think there's anything which is going to deal direct damage to him. And I can't, I, I can't play my initiate while he's in play anyway. So fine, fine, whatever. 
God damn. Sis bloody second grasping hands that's got me. Okay, three actions. What we're going to do on this turn. Well, it would be good to get the clue on this location. I could... Oh, I really don't want to use that last mind's eye, though. Do I take a test at zero? I kind of only take a test at zero, can't I? I'll tell you what I'll do is... The minus one is the most common token in the bag now. So I'm going to hit the crystal pendulum at minus one. And it'll take this test, so I'm two on two. So it's almost like an action to draw a card. Drawn. Whoops. A minus one, right. So I get a, get a card. Ah, scrounge for supplies. That's good. That's really good. Well, we've got two actions left. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Right, scrounge will let me get read the signs back. Okay. I think what I do is I spend the three resources to play meat cleaver. So we're ready for some en more enemies turning up. And then I scrounge for supplies. That is great. Oh, perfect. I love scrunch for supplies, baby. Well, let's have a, just have a quick look in my discard pile just to make sure there's nothing else, which is a tastier target. Unexpected courage. Yeah, yeah not bad, actually. Silver key, storm of spirits, fearless and read the signs. Yeah, if I want to get clues, read the signs is, is the right choice, isn't it? So we'll grab that back into my hand. We'll ditch scrunch for supplies. Great. Okay. Not the most productive turn, unfortunately, but I think necessary. So I draw a card. Heirloom of Hyperborea. That might not be bad a bad play actually. I've got three spells in my hand and an arcane initiate. Hmm. Uh, right so I've drawn a card. Heirloom of Hyperborea. I've gained a resource. Just to recap what's in my hand. I've got the three three um, spell events. Excuse me. Ethereal form. Spectral razor. Read the signs. Fierce level two. Arcane initiate. And an heirloom. I'm actually not looking in too bad a position. I'm really, really not. Uh, and then we get an encounter card. Oh, and a doom on the agenda. Oh, geez. So that's it. one of four. Oh, a ghoul minion. Hello, baby. Right, we will use our free trigger. Exhaust Richard Upton Pickman. Flip this minion over and sit him underneath Richard Upton Pickman. So Richard Upton Pickman is now on. He's turned on. I'm just going to track that with some tokens on him so I know how much damage he's dealing. Cool. Right, so I can deal one damage using Richard Upton Pickman now. Which is not incredible, but uh, but fine. Let's 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 take my turn. Right, I want to find this clue, so I'm going to use the trapezohedron to play uh, read the signs. So that's difficulty two test to play it. I've got a terrible feeling I did the same thing where I earlier on in the game where I used the trapezohedron, took the test to play a spell, but then didn't take the test for the actual event. Oh no. Well, let's take a test now. Minus one. Okay. Well, that's that test. If I've missed one, that's that test. And I'm probably past it. Minus one. <laughs> uh, right. So we difficult. This is the actual test. And I will use the pendulum to name uh, minus one as the token. Oh, it's an elder sign. Of course. That's actually plus two. That's a pass, which is fine. Uh, and then the actual read the signs test. I'm at five, six, seven, eight on two. It's the Elder Sign again! What is going on? <laughs> uh, well, that's a success, so I get a clue, which puts me on four clues, and I flip over this card. Traversing this canyon of cadavers and monstrous remains is laborious enough, but it is the churning and digging below the surface that causes you to hate this awful place. What sort of monstrosity could span the entirety of this ocean of bones? Your answer presents itself as you come across a great pit in the ravine. It is swallowing the bones and scraps of what 
of rotten meat like a whirlpool. When you reach the base of the tunnel and realise its true purpose, a shudder curses through you. It was made by an enormous creature, the thing that dwells below the sea of bones. If there is no D-hole tunnel at this location, search the encounter deck and discard pile for a D-hole tunnel and attach it to this location. Shuffle the encounter deck. If the slithering D-hole is in play, move it to this location and add two clues to it. Otherwise, search the encounter deck, discard pile and victory display for a slithering D-hole. Spawn at this location, exhausted and with two clues on it, flip this card back over. That's fine, so I don't actually need to flip that over again, but I do need to find the big lad and a tunnel for the big lad. Okay, oh, he is quite big actually. So the, the tunnel is here, that's fine. We'll rebuild the tunnel in a second. And the D-hole is also here, but exhausted. Okay, the tunnel hazard. If is in play, it moves and attacks as if it were the enemy phase. I'm not revealing it, I don't think. So I don't do any of this. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Is it? Oh yeah. Okay, right. So, so the 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 tunnel doesn't do anything by itself. It it only does it uh, if if you're attaching it. It only does it in relation to the the slithering D hole itself. Yeah. Three fights, five health, three evades. Beefy. Monster D hole elite. Spawn nearest location with an attached D hole tunnel. Otherwise, shuffle him back into the encounter deck and it gains surge. Hunter massive. While Slithering D-Hull is moving, all locations with an attached D-Hull tunnel are considered to be connected to one another. And he is worth a V. Oh, and he's got two clues on him as well. We must not forget that. Okay, cool. Right, so that was my action one. Uh, I've got two actions left, and I can do some I can do some pounding, I think. So I've got the Spectral Rays is only gonna deal two damage to him. Because he's elite. Um, so it's, uh, but I'm only fighting at three using the meat cleaver, unless I take two horror and then I'm fighting slightly higher. It could be that heirloom is going into a fight test this turn. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's see. I think we use the spectral razor here. So I'm going to spend two resources and play spectral razor. I definitely want to save that mind's eye charge the thing. So that's, that's, uh, I'm fighting at... Two fight plus six, so that's eight. Hang on, let me think, let me think. Yeah, so so if I... Oof, uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> okay, right. If I use Forbidden Knowledge to take a resource, and that puts me down to three horror, and I'll deal one damage to the D-hole. What I'm trying to do is get, get down to three horror. No, okay, right, right, right. Sorry, sorry. Okay. I'm not going to play Spectral Razor yet. Okay, what, what, because what I can do is I'm on five horror. Uh, I can use the Forbidden Knowledge, like I just did, to, to gain a resource and to take me down to three, uh, to four sanity, sorry, and up to four resources. And then I can use the Meat Cleaver. And the Meat Cleaver, if I spend a horror, that puts me on three. So that gives me an additional stat boost. So I can put in the, 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 hair, the heirloom to that test. I'll, I'll still use the horror to deal a direct damage to the D-hole, but that means I'm now testing at two fight plus two from the meat cleaver, so that's four, plus two from the heirloom, which has got a, a combat and a wild pip. So that puts me on six versus three, which is a lot better than four versus three. And I will name... I haven't used... Yes, I did use the, the, the pendulum tonight. Uh, so let's draw our token... That's a skull, so that's minus one, so that's a hit. So that deals another two damage 
to the D-hole, which puts him on three damage out of five. Now I can play the Spectral Razor. And what I'll do is I'll play Spectral Razor and I will commit Fearless to the test. So that puts me on five from my, uh, sorry, six from my willpower, plus two combat, plus two from Fearless. So that's six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And let's draw a token. I've drawn the Emerald Sign. Of course I have. Uh, so I heal two horror, which puts me back up to five, and I deal another two damage to the to the Slitherer. I take the two clues off it. That's three Elder Signs I've drawn. I haven't drawn the Autofail once, so I've got absolutely no right to complain about anything in this game. He's in the victory display now, but he can come back out, as we saw on some of those cards. Uh, and I've got six clues. Yikes. But I did spend a load of resources doing that, so I'm a, a bit more of a precarious position now, I think. Whew, right. So that's that turn. So I did, I did read the signs, cleaver and razor this turn. Man, that was a difficult one to keep track of. Okay, so all I have left in my hand now is an ethereal form and an arcane initiate. We will, uh, no enemies to speak of. Ah, quantum flux. Hey, baby. Gain a resource up to three resources. Ah, oh, quantum flux is pretty appealing, although I would like another mind's eye before I play it. Let's ready all these cards and let's put a doom on the agenda and then let's draw an encounter card we've got ah whisper, whispers of hypnos again now i feel pretty confident picking a combat here because we haven't got any enemies nothing's appearing just now yeah let's let's do that I think actually intellect would also work because i've got mind's eye to take the take the test so off you go okay uh so action one i'm going to move to the the Vale of Panath. Now. Hello, it's Peter from the future here. I've got an important message. I'm about to do something uh, pretty stupid. Uh, <laughs> when we started this campaign, one of the, uh, the the key things we talked about in Agnes was uh, the variety of difficult tests Agnes would have to do over the course of the campaign. So there's a test in um, Thousand Shapes of Horror where you've got to test your weakest stat was a couple of things we talked about and one of the things we talked about was uh, the Vale of Panath which I'm hopefully uh, about to take a test for. Um, what I completely failed to do was remember the, the conversation that Frank and I had many times which is that you're going to need to pass this test straight up. You can't commit any icons, you can't just stick a big wild icon card in there, you can't trick the test, you have to pass it. Uh, it was one of the things that set me down the road to make the Mind's Eye deck which actually has worked out pretty damn well aside from this. So what I'm going to do is commit a card to that test when I know damn well you can't commit a card. Uh, I managed to like totally forget that, that that's how it works. I apologise in advance for that. I've, I've had a think about it. it. Annoyingly it's not something I can just brush off because I didn't have any other Mind's Eye charges. I had a few turns at the end of the game, although I didn't draw Mind's Eye for the rest of the game. So it's hard to say what I would have done if I'd realised that I actually failed that test, which is what did happen. So what I'm going to do is chalk it up to experience and not play a deck with so many moving parts again for a while when I'm playing solo. Frank keeps a running tally of how many times I forget to do uh, Shining Trapezohedron as well. So yeah, uh, sorry about that. Um, hopefully I won't, I won't um, make a cock up like this again. And uh, yeah, I, I'll give it some thought. Uh, yeah, so continue with the rest of your, your listening experience, and uh, I hope the rest of the uh, the episode is as enjoyable to listen to as it was to play through. Thanks again, folks.
Yeah, okay. If I don't pass this test, this is pretty rough. <laughs> so, so okay. Uh, this is an intellect test. I'm going to use Mind's Eye, which is uh, six. Sorry. Uh, what I've done is move to Veiled Panath. This is a four shroud location with one clue. And it has this horrible text. While there are clues remaining on Veiled Panath, investigators at Veiled Panath cannot play cards or commit cards to skill tests. Uh, I can, however, use free triggers, which is what I've just done. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to commit Arc Initiate to this test because I want to... That takes both of the other things out of a fail, right? So let's have a quick look at the encounter bag. So the cultist is just revealing another token. So we've got zero, we've got a plus one, we've got two zeros, we've got one, two, three minus ones, we've got two minus twos, we've got minus three, we've got three skulls, which are minus ones, and we've got two elder things, which are minus threes. So the only tokens which fail are a minus four and the uh, the auto fail. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. And I will, do I want to hedge my bets with the crystal pendulum because the only way out of this with the crystal pendulum is uh, the only way out of this really is to draw more mind's eye so with the crystal pendulum i'm going to say i'm going to draw the auto fail um because that would be the most dramatic way of failing so yeah i'm testing at six willpower plus one icon so seven on four i've drawn the minus three hot damn that was a very good commit to that test so that gets me that clue. Oh, that is so good. That's so good. Let's flip this guy over. If the investigators possess at least three clues, you venture out into the dark veil and attempt to map out your surroundings. With the knowledge you have accumulated, you know that the source of the disturbances within the underworld cannot be in this region. There must be another pathway, perhaps a cavern or tunnel that leads from the veil to a place even deeper beneath the surface of the dreamlands. As you approach the great stone wall at the far end of the veil, you pick up a foul scent like sulphur and tar. You follow the stench until it leads you to a wide hole in the wall. Hmm. The investigators must spend three clues as a group. Advance the current act and flip this card back over. Three clues. Which leaves me on... Three. Which leaves me on four clues. I'll do a bit of a sum up once I've done this. Right, just... Okay, just to remember, that's my second action. Because I've done move, investigate. So I've got one action left to deal with whatever this is going to throw at me. Remember that, Peter, because you will forget. The hole becomes narrower and narrower as you make your way through... Oh, that's horrible. That's like a nightmarish for me. As you make your way through to the other side of the stone wall, when you finally emerge, you find yourself at the shore as of an, an enormous ocean of pitch-black tar. Webs of glowing violet energy spread across its surface, filling you with an uneasy dread. Could this be related to the horrors you witnessed at St. Mary's Hospital? Just as you are beginning to wonder what to do next, you discover several rowboats of black wood moored in a nearby cove. The hull of each is carved with a strange insignia. Is this luck or providence? Either way, you are determined to set off across the sea and trace this madness to its source. Put each set-aside depth's location into play. Shuffle the set-aside descent into the pitch and agents of Atlak Natcha encounter sets into the encounter deck, along with the discard pile. That's all good stuff. So we'll do the locations in a minute. We've got the agents of Atlak Natcha here. That's not too bad. I mean, there's enemies in there, which I don't really want to draw at the moment. But there's some weedy enemies, which are actually really good because I can I can kill them. Like the, the, the swarm enemies are good with the meat cleaver because as you hack them up, you just like heal loads of horror. Um, so that's, that's kind of cool. And then we need these depths locations here. 
Right, and I think the way the depth locations work is they're all just connected to the Vale of Panath and to each other. So we've got four of them. They're all the same on the top, and they're all different on the other side. But I, none of them are Veeps, right? No, none of them are Veeps. So the Shroud is equal to the number of... Ah, okay, the number of damage tokens on the scenario card. That's That's not the end of the world, is it? Because I can actually investigate that. Oh, this is going to be actually pretty tricky. <laughs> this is going to be really tricky. I'm going to need, definitely need some more Mind's Eye. Some more Mind's Eye juice. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, it's not, it's not, it's not a disaster. It's just if I, if, if I'm unlucky and I burn through all of them, I'm in a bit of a tricky, a tricky situation. So I, I've just set up the seer pictures in like a grid of four. So I've got one action left. Uh, let's just move to, let's pick the bottom, the, what's that, left, that's left, isn't it, yes, well done, Peter. Bottom left location, and that's my, the end of my turn. Now, what I want to do is draw, let's think, I've got another read the signs, that's good, I've got another scrounge for supplies, that's good, I've got two more mind's eye, both good, I've got another unexpected courage, what else have I got that might help? I think that's bulk of the stuff that's going to help actually question is and actually a forbidden knowledge is another another icon so that's not not terrible either i mean i'm still one over so i, I can i can take this test it's just if i draw the cultist actually the elder thing doesn't make a difference because the elder things are minus three so that would fail and if i fail by two or more choose a ready enemy or location or a connecting location the enemy moves to your location engages you and makes an immediate attack there's no enemies on the board at the moment although of course we will see what happens after the encounter step that's the end of my turn so i haven't drawn my card i've drawn a ward of protection yeah and i've gained a resources put me on four resources and i'll ready my pendulum there this is a difficult one actually because there's lots of clues to find potentially and one of these shuffles up the other locations as well which is a, a nightmare uh, right, encounter card. Oh, lit by death fire. Oh, this isn't good. Each investigator loses one resource. That's me. So that puts me down to three resources. Uh, each investigator at a veil or depths location chooses and discards one card from their hand. And then I'm also going to lose an action. Oh, that is, that is brutal. Ethereal form, I think, is probably the, the safest drop here. Ditch that. You don't need it just at the moment. Uh, so I've only got two actions this turn, which is pretty shitty we are going to uh investigate this location so minus one uh, uh, so the shroud of the location is one because there's one damage minus one isn't, isn't terrible i'm going to take it but i'm going to use the crystal pendulum to hedge my bets and say i'm going to fail if i set the, the pendulum to minus two that'll at least let me draw some cards out of this situation so we'll draw a card oh we got a skull cool so that's minus one so that's uh, absolutely perfect so we get the clue of this location which puts us on five clues, and then we will flip it over, obviously. Still surface. The ocean's waves are steady and slow, like rolling pits of sludge. But eventually you find a spot where the ocean is eerily still and all is silent. You peer over the edge of your boat and gaze into the depths. Somewhere in the black vastness below is your destination. Look at the other side of another copy of Sea of Pitch. Flip this card back over. So I'm going to look at the other bottom one here. So that's bottom... Bottom right. Rolling pits. There was, though there is no wind in the dark caverns of the underworld, 
Enormous maelstroms of pitch attack your vessel from all sides. You struggle to remain in control of your boat as the whirlpools hurl you into the pandemonium. Set us all of the... Oh, hang on. I'm looking at this. Wait a minute. Look at the other side of another copy of Sea of Pitch. So I'm just looking at what this is. Okay, right. Set... Yeah, this is the bad one. I remember this one. Set all the clues from each Sea of Pitch aside. Discard all of the tokens and attachments from each Sea of Pitch. Flip this card back over and shuffle the positions of each copy of Sea of Pitch. So you do not know which is which. Investigators and enemies remain at their current position. Distribute the previously set aside clues among each copy of Sea of Pitch as evenly as possible. Each Sea of Pitch may be flipped over again using their veiled keyword. Okay, so we don't want to go there. <laughs> so the correct location is one of these top two. Okay, I've got one action left because of that flipping card. Do I want to draw to try and get some stuff or do I want to move? I will definitely need to move and I might draw something useful in my um, upkeep step. So let's move up to this this top. So I'm top left. 50, 50 chance. Great. I'm just going to double check. Yeah, okay. The, ve the, the veiled rules do say, as a free action ability, investigate a veiled location with no clues and it may flip it over, resolving the text on its other side. So if I just look at it, um, I'm not resolving the text. Okay, we've not got any enemies, so I do my upkeep. I'm going to gain a resource, ready the pendulum, and draw a card. I've got... Ah! Randolph Carter! Of course, yes, he gives me a plus one intellect. That's useful. That's really useful. Now, the question is, do I commit him to the test, or do I play him? That's a question for a few minutes after I've resolved the encounter card. I would whispers a bloody hypnos again. Right, well, we'll just pick combat, because I don't think we need the combat. Uh, no, 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 what am I talking about? There is an enemy on the other side of one of these cards. If I pick... Oof, what do I want to pick? Evasion pick feels like the safest pick, because if there is an enemy on the other side of the card, I can still attack it. I don't have any proper way of evading anyway. Yes, we'll pick evasion with that. I just remembered, what I didn't forget was that I had one action after I advanced the last... Um, Magic. Oh, in fact, and I've got to do that now as well. Oh, I'm a fool. I'm a fool! This was before my turn. Again, you are shaken by a sudden feeling of instability as reality shifts and bends around you. The wave is more intense than before and seems to originate from the sea of pitch in the depths of the underworld. Each investigator must discard one card at random from the hand or lose two resources. I'm going to lose the resources. 100%. Puts me down on two. Place one damage on the scenario card, so that's two damage. If there are five or more damage tokens on the scenario reference card, proceed to R2. Otherwise, flip this agenda back over. Let's flip it back over. And that's back to zero. Do. Fine, fine, fine. Right, cool. So I'm at this location. I've got two resources. So what I'm going to... Um, I've got... A f I'm not in, like, the most ludicrous hurry. I'm going to take a resource using Forbidden Knowledge, which puts me up to three. And then I'm going to play Randolph Carter. Which puts me back down to zero. Right, so that puts me on intellect three. Now the shroud of this location is two, because there's two damage on the on that thing magic now. So what I could do is put ward of protection in to this test. I know, I know, I know, but bear with me. Um if I name minus three the minus three token with the, the crystal pendulum, as in fell by one, I'm two up on the test. There's a bunch of minus twos in the bag. Minus three will still draw me a token. Uh, draw me a card, rather. I moved to this location last turn. So if there is an, if there's the enemy here, I think it's like swarming two or something like that. I could easily kill it with the meat cleaver. I think it's maybe swarm for the, the 
the damage on the scenario card. Okay, cool. Right, let's let's take this test. Zero! Oh, perfect. That's passed. So, that gives me a clue. Now, is this enemy or is it uh, the way out? Deal or no deal? Center of the sea. If the investigators possess at least three clues, I think we're on to a winner. You row further out into deeper, darker waters, but there is still no sign of any other shore. Under the surface of the black, tarry liquid, you can see a series of glittering stars, like an unknown constellation beckoning you forward. If you didn't know any better, you would think it was a reflection of the sky above. But there is no sky in this dark realm. You lean over the edge of your boat and nearly vomit from the sensation of vertigo that assaults you. It must be hundreds of miles deep, and filled with horrors beyond your imagining. And yet, you know what you must do. Spend three clues, which puts me on three, and advance the final act. A pit of fear grows in your chest as you gaze into the thick, dark water. This is the source. Whatever is below the surface of the sea, it holds the answer to everything that has transpired thus far in the waking world. Perhaps you can even find a way to save your friends. Or perhaps the ocean will simply swallow you alive. You have no way of knowing for certain. You stand and take a final breath, clenching your fists tightly. Then, you take a leap of faith. Bro, R1. Let's have a look and see what that says. The black, tarry liquid rises around you, consuming you, and you fear you've made a grave mistake. The pressure of the dense liquid surrounds your body, crushing you from all sides. But then you emerge on the other side. You fall for a brief, silent moment before being caught by a glowing, sinewy web. Panicking, you scramble to a nearby platform made of solid rock. Your refuge is one of many, each suspended in the air and connected by thick webbing. Beyond that is a vast cosmic space, an infinite darkness that stretches as far as the eye can see. For each damage on the scenario reference card, mark one tally mark next to steps of the bridge in your campaign log. So that's two at the moment. Each investigator earns experience equal to the victory X of each card in the victory display. I'll count those up in a minute. And then we're done. Oh, well, that's gone very well. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight experience. I'll definitely take that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely take that. Uh, yeah. And that's us. That's us. Well, I think, again, that went really well. I think I feel like I didn't necessarily get off, like, easy, easy. I don't think the encounter deck was too mean to me. Problem is, it, it low player counts. The encounter deck is so swingy. Like, you could just draw something which absolutely wrecks your day because you, you can't deal with it. That said, like, once I've got my meat cleaver down, there's not a huge amount the encounter deck can chuck at me, which is which is really nasty. The weavers, yes, but because I was ready for the end of the of the scenario, the chance of drawing a grey weaver is, is it's like, what, 2 in 30, 1 in 15 chance? So that's fine tests wise i did i actually did very well on tests i can't think of too many that i i failed that that caused me much much havoc i didn't draw the the elder thing that the elder sign i drew the elder sign three times or four times that was ridiculous i didn't draw the order fail at all that's good that was really good but then again like i didn't i was a bit unlucky with mind's eye because i saw one for the whole game and i've drawn more than half of my deck I guess that's that's not that's not like a massive there's not massive odds on that. I didn't draw either weakness either, so um although there's only two weaknesses as opposed to three minds eye. That's fine. The problem is if you don't get the cards you need, if you don't get like the, the, the right read the signs or anything like that, then you're really, really screwed. 
you're really screwed. I had the spectral razor when when the slithering D-hole showed up. And if I hadn't had that, I would have been in a much worse position. Because killing that just with the meat cleaver is really difficult. Especially without the mind's eye. Because you can do like mind's eye meat cleaver. That's great. And it heals. And what does mind's eye uses secrets? Man, you know what would be good is the Eldritch Sophist to, to charge that guy up with secrets again. Do I take versatile? <laughs> take two fact, fact from fiction? Something like that. Truth, what's it, is it called fact from fiction? Truth from fiction? I'm getting it mixed up. There's a magic, famous Magic the Gathering card, which is really famous, called fact or fiction, I think. Didn't use Pikmin at all. No, by the time you get him, like, you're... There's hardly any ghouls in the deck anyway. <laughs> so, like, what are you going to use him for? Didn't use the other Relic Hunter slot, which is a shame. I was looking forward to blowing Glynn's mind. And yeah, 8-8 eight, eight experience. Now, here's a shout for the experience. Diana Esperance. She will replace an Arcane Initiate. And I could afford two, right? Because she's four. And I've got I've got eight XP. Imagine getting, like, read the signs on, on her. Or any of the spells. Spectral Razor. Just like pew pew pew. Spectral Razors. That's good. Water Protection, also good to have on her. Storm Spirits, good. All of the spells I've got in my deck, good to have on her. And uh, I can't remember. Let's, let's, look at her, let's look at her words very briefly. Oh, she's only three experience. That's interesting. Uh, uses three secrets. Free trigger. Attach a non-weakness spell event from your hand to Diana Esperance. Limit one event attached to her. The attached event may be played as if it were in your hand and is not placed in your discard pile after it is played. It remains attached. As an additional cost to play the attached event, exhaust Diana Esperance and spend one secret. Yeah, I mean, she seems really good. She's also got three health, which is which summons another problem I've got. And imagine having her and the heirloom out at the same time. That's just like... Pew, pew, pew. That gives me another two experience, which I could either put into, like... Well, if I, a leather coat is less vital once I've got Diana, uh, because she's got some good health soak. Or what I could do is pick up... The other fearless, maybe. Other fearless level two, maybe. Who knows? Well, that's that's a, that's for a conversation with Frank. Yeah, again, I think I, I think I've th this has gone well. I can't think of any times I've really got screwed up by either the encounter deck. The encounter deck was not too mean to me, but then again, I don't think honestly. Like aside from the the tunnels, I don't think the the encounter deck in this scenario is really that bad. Ancient Evils is not the end of the world because all it does is... I mean, you've got to draw a lot of Ancient Evils for it to make really make an impact. It will only really make an impact of one more damage on it and that's only going to happen towards the end of the scenario. So even in the scenario, Ancient Evils isn't terrible. Taste of Life Blow is a willpower test. I could probably smash that. Lit by Deathfire. I did draw one of those right when it's at its worst. Yeah, I guess I guess the only thing is it's, it's, it was maybe lucky I didn't draw more of the ghasts or the the ravenous ghouls early on and um, even the the, the night gaunt hunting night gaunt uh, is 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 annoying so i was relatively lucky with the enemies and of course not drawing the lumbering gug but you, again your chances of drawing that in solo are pretty low unless you're you know you you really get unlucky there that was i mean about was that like 10 what we're talking about five six seven eight nine turns is that right yeah nine turns something like that no, must have been 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 turns. And it's quite quite a, a chunky deck. What's that? 36 cards. So so your chances of, of drawing it are pretty low. What you do if you do draw it, I've got no idea. 
try and evade it, I guess. It's only got to evade, hasn't it? Um, and then run away from it. <laughs> I did have a spare ethereal form in my hand for most of the scenarios, so that, that would have been okay. Okay, well, that's been a bit rambling. I hope people have enjoyed this again. I had really good fun. I've been sort of not, not putting it off, just like it's been at the back of my mind looming over me, the fact that I've got to record this. And uh, it's quite it's quite stressful, like knowing people are going to be judging what I've been doing. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's good good to get it done. Once I get started, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. It's good fun. I like this game, and I think this is a really solid deck. Turns out Agnes is pretty good. She's very good, and she's got such a good willpower. If you put in a card that lets her use a willpower instead of any other tests, and lots of other cards that do that, she stays really good, um, even in solo. Taking that, yeah. Just as a, as, a, as a last thought, taking that break to draw some cards, I think was really good as well. I've gone down to exactly one card and I've used every other single card in my hand. So I think I drew like the exact right number of cards to get me through the scenario. Yeah, I think I think that was pretty much spot on. Felt like I lost a little bit of tempo drawing cards, but actually, in retrospect, I think I've done okay. Bro, okay, great. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And um, yeah, I, I think I'm first this time, which is why I did the intro. Uh, so Frank will be up next letting you know how it goes uh, on the dark side of the moon I think that's where he's up to Uh, enjoy Hello, it's Frank here now. I don't need to do any of the intro because if all goes to plan, Peter's done the first part of this episode, but I am actually recording before he is, so very confusing. First of all, an apology. You might be able to hear a high-pitched, very faint beep every 10 seconds or so. It's coming from a flat through the building. I haven't been able to find out which flat it is. It is starting to drive me crazy because it's non-stop. So I'm really sorry if it gets picked up on the mic. I'll try and remove the sound. But if you start hearing a little beep, you too could be going crazy like me. So welcome to the club. And I think that's all I need to say. Let's dive into Dark Side of the Moon. We have three skulls in the bag. Skulls are minus X. X is half your alarm alarm level rounded up. And I'm playing solo, so I start on an alarm level of one. Cultists, we have one in the bag, reveal another token. If you fail and your alarm level is higher than your modified skill value, after this skill test ends, draw the top card of the encounter deck. That's pretty mean. And then finally, tablets, we've got two tablets, minus one. If you fail, raise your alarm level by one. So we really don't want to take tests on evens or lower and hit tablets, which would mean we'd fail. Agenda 1A. Silent. Stirring. The silence of this place is deafening. There's no wind whistling through the air, no chirping of birds, no idle sound of any kind. This is a dead world. Though you know danger lurks around every corner, you hear no sign of the beasts or the corsairs who call this place home. You must remain even quieter in order to stay hidden. Five Doom. Not normally Mark's particular style, staying quiet, he quite likes to make an entrance, But he does have military experience. He knows about crawling around on his belly. He knows about the tactical advantages of being crafty. So we'll see how he gets on with that. Act 1A. In the belly of the moon beast. Virgil Grey is held captive somewhere in the vast, strange city of the moon beasts. You must be quiet and cunning if you're to find him and escape unnoticed. 
We need three clues, and only investigators at the City of the Moon Beasts may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. Now we start at the Moon Forest. There are two locations connected to ours, the Dark Crater and the Temple of the Moon Lizard, and then both connected to those is City of the Moon Beasts, where we need to be. Now I've learnt that then after this act, the next act we need to be in the temple. So my preferred route is to do Moon Forest, Dark Crater, City, Advance, Temple, get the clue there, Advance, and then head back to the Moon Forest. So essentially do a loop. But we'll see how we get on with that. I'm playing as Mark Harrigan, as you know, I have Indebted, so I only have three resources to start. But when I search my deck to set up Stick to the Plan, which has a cache, an Ever Vigilant, and an On the Hunt, I hit the Astounding Revelation and I go up to five resources. Let's do Opening Hand. Unexpected Courage. Enchanted Blade, level zero. Perception. Shortcut. And 45 Automatic. Hmm. Only the Perception and the Unexpected Courage there to help with clues. Enchanted Blade could be our first weapon, so I think we mulligan the automatic. We almost certainly mulligan the shortcut at this stage, and we look for more assets. And the ideal would be we get a flashlight so that we can ever vigilant out the Enchanted Blade and the flashlight simultaneously. So I'm going to chuck the shortcut. I think I chuck the Unexpected Courage as well, because we can use damage from our ability to power up, and really we want to see assets. The question is, do we keep the perception? Let's keep it, because it... It, we need to get clues. So three. We draw another perception, an evidence, and a second wind. Well, this is kind of garbage. Hmm. We probably don't want to ever vigilant early on because we only got one card there. So maybe first turn we're playing cash off, stick to the plan, getting down the enchanted blade, and then seeing what we can do about clues. Moon Forest is our starting location. As the coast drew nearer and the hideous stench of that city grew stronger, he saw upon the jagged hills many forests, some of whose trees he recognised as akin to that solitary moon tree in the enchanted wood of earth, from whose sap the small brown zoogs ferment their peculiar wine. There is a moon tree, isn't there, in Beyond the Gates of Sleep? So it's four shroud and one clue. Pretty mean first location. Surface and woods... There's an action here, test agility 5 to hide among the strange trees. If you succeed, reduce your alarm level by 1. Maybe we should have kept that unexpected courage. And there's also a free trigger here during your turn, except during another action, evade. If you fail, raise your alarm level by 1. So hand reminder again, enchanted blade, two perceptions, an evidence, and a second wind. Another option here is we play cash, blade... And we go on the hunt next turn and hope to kill an enemy here and get the clue that way. So what would we do with our third action this time? This turn, rather. Hmm. We could still commit a perception and take a damage and we'd be two up trying to get a clue. And if we're going to take a damage, that would draw us a card. So I think first action, we play the Enchanted Blade for three. Second action, we commit a perception and we take a damage, which draws us a card. It is practice makes perfect. Do we play this as well for a bigger boost? No, let's hold on to it. So we're two up trying to get a clue. I have new tokens. You might detect a different noise. Minus three, so fail the perception whiffs. We have a single action left. Let's not chuck this other perception. Let's play the emergency cache off the top of stick to the plan. Enemy phase nothing. Upkeep. We draw scene of the crime. 
and we go another resource store up to six. Well, that makes me think we don't want to play on the hunt here because we'll do scene of the crime and just buy this clue. We hit one doom, and our encounter card is a moon beast. Five fight, five health, one evade, retaliate. After it enters play, raise each investigator's alarm level by one. And it is victory one, and after you defeat it, you reduce the alarm level by one. Can we kill this this turn? We fight at a seven with the enchanted blade, which isn't too bad. We could just stab with the blade, stab with the blade, stab with the blade, maybe not empowering it to try and kill. We could also practice makes perfect on at least one of the stabs and hope to hit, take the initiative, a vicious blow, or home front. All good options. So I think we proceed that way. If we're going to spend three actions killing the moon beast, then we don't need to play scene of the crime. The alternative is we play scene of the crime and then try and kill the moon beast in two actions using practice makes perfect. What's the better line? Well, actually, if we kill it in three actions, we could play evidence here and save the scene of the crime. So definitely let's save our money and not play scene of the crime. So first action, we'll stab with the blade. That makes us a combat six. We'll empower the blade to make us a combat seven against five. And we'll pay one and play practice makes perfect. Revealing take the initiative. Gret Wagner, 45 automatic. Another Gret. Another practice makes perfect. An evidence. A shortcut. Emergency aid. And an act of desperation. So we'll commit the take the initiative. It's our first action this turn. Which means we were a 7. We're now a 10 on 5. Minus 1. 2 damage. And the take the initiative... Unlike Search for Kadath, where I played Practice Make Perfect wrong both times, the Take the Initiative now returns to my hand. Second action, let's stab the Moon Beast again. Again, we'll empower the blade. That makes us a seven against five. And I'll take a damage, which draws us a card. It's Hallowed Mirror. That's nine against five, minus one, two damage. And now we just need to do a single damage. If we stab with the blade and don't empower it, that makes us a six. We could damage ourselves again to be an eight on five. Let's do it. We won't draw a card, but we go up to three damage. Eight on five, hoping for the kill. Tablet is a minus one. Moonbeast is dead, so we get a VP. We're gonna pay one and play evidence and grab this clue. And our alarm level goes back down to one. We've managed to save a charge on the Enchanted Blade there, which is nice. And then the question is, do we try and bust that Agility 5 test to reduce our, level, our alarm level to zero next turn, or do we just move on? And I'm thinking that with a damage, that would make us 5 on 5, and with Take the Initiative, that would make us 8 on 5, which is potentially very good. Enemies nothing. Upkeep. I draw an Act of Desperation. Well, that's not too bad if the Enchanted Blade's about to be run out. And go up to 5 resources. We hit two doom, and our encounter card is Cats from Saturn. Well, the enemies are on us this game. So Cats from Saturn is a 2-2-2. It's a hunter and swarming X. X is the alarm level, so swarms one. And after its moves are as evaded, discard one of its swarm cards. Immediately I thought, damn, what do we do here? Because we've only got one enchanted blade charge. But of course we could stab with the blade and then act of desperation the blade to kill the other one. And then we would be potentially just moving on. I think we do just need to move on. Or we would just play Hallowed Mirror last action so we've got healing online. 
we're not moving particularly quickly here, but we've got to fight our way through. Right, so Enchanted Blade, Empowered, Stabbing the Cats. Seven on two. Tablet. Whichever card was a swarm is now on the bottom of my deck. And then we'll play Act of Desperation and throw the Enchanted Blade. So that makes us an eight on two. Zero. We do plus one damage, so that kills the cats. And we get three resources because we succeed and yes, it was in our play area, so we gain X resources, which is pretty nice. I think, is that the first time we've used Act of Desperation in this campaign? I think so. And then last action, I'll play Hallowed Mirror for two. We're back down to six resources. We get a Soothing Melody, and the other two shuffle into our deck. So that's the end of turn three for us. We have done nine damage worth in two terms, which is pretty good. But we've also only got a single clue and we've not yet left this location. So hopefully now we get an encounter card that doesn't stall us and we can start moving. Upkeep, I draw Gret Wagner. Well, that's nice. We got to seven resources. We hit three doom and the encounter card is Hunted by Corsairs. Revelation, attach it to the current act. When the act advances, each investigator takes two damage and the attached act gains action, test intellect four, or Agility 4 to get rid of this card. Probably just going to take the 2 damage, and it'll cost us an action with a Soothing Melody to heal it. Hmm, so, what do we do now? We are in a pretty good position to try and pass this Alarm check, play Gret Wagner, and maybe move to the Dark Crater. If we're going to commit Take the Initiative to the test, we probably want to do it first, which means we're probably not playing Second Wind. A little hand reminder, we have two skills, Perception and Take the Initiative, Three events, Soothing Melody, Second Wind, and Scene of the Crime, and one asset, Gret Wagner. I would like to get her down, but I think, yeah, let's try and reduce our alarm level. So we're a three on five. I'll commit Take the Initiative, which makes me a six on five, and I'll take a damage, taking us up to four damage, which draws me a flashlight. Nice. And it means we're three up on the test. Minus one. Our alarm level drops to zero, and we pass. Second action, I think we play the Ever Vigilant and get the Flashlight and Gret down in one action. We save two resources, so essentially we're playing Gret Wagner and then the Flashlight for free. So let's do that. Spend four on Gret and one on the Flashlight. And then last action, do we Soothing Melody, or last action, do we move? Hmm. I like the idea of moving so that if we draw an enemy, we can kill it and Gret Wagner can get us the clue. I'm also nervous because we're on four damage here that any extra damage and we start being in a sticky place, but we do have Second Wind and Soothing Melody in hand to heal up. So for two actions, we could go back to no damage. It's a little bit tricky to know, do we stick or twist? I think given that we do need to make progress, let's take a step into the Dark Crater. The ship made for the edge and it soon became clear that its destination was that secret and mysterious side which is always turned away from the earth, and which no fully human person, save perhaps the dreamer Sneereth Ko, has ever beheld. It's too shroud in a clue. There's a test of intellect five here to hide within the crater, and if you succeed, reduce your alarm level. And at the end of your turn, if you're at the Dark Crater and have discovered one or more of its clues this turn, you test Willpower 3, and if you fail, you raise your alarm. Well, we haven't done that. I forgot to say with Gret, so she gives us plus one combat and plus one intellect. So we're now a 3-3-6-3. Three, three, 
and after you defeat an enemy, you can exhaust her and deal a damage her to discover a clue at your location or a connecting location. She has four health and two sanity. So she's pretty beefy. It's my first time playing the upgraded Gret, so I'm excited about that. Upkeep. We draw a second scene of the crime. Well, nice to have the clue tech. And we go up to three resources. We probably don't want to play on the hunt here because we don't have a weapon and we just want to get clues here. We hit four doom of five. And our encounter card is Ancient Evils. Damn. So that goes straight up to five Doom of five. We can't cancel Ancient Evils. Throw away the key. A single screech pierces the silence and you instinctively duck for cover. You have seen these creatures before. Horrid, eyeless monstrosities that fly alongside the Corsair's black galleys. Terrible things of bone and leathery, membranous skin. A flock circles and screeches overhead. Have you been spotted? It doesn't matter. You cannot stay here any longer. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck and raise each investigator's alarm level by one. What to do this turn? Well, a two-shroud location with a flashlight in play. I don't think we pay two and play scene of the crime when we can, as a single action with flashlight, try and get that clue. So I think we pay one and play second wind here and heal back to two damage of nine. And that draws us a card. And we heal two rather than one because we drew a treachery, the Ancient Evils. And it's drawn us a shortcut, which is nice. Second action, let's flashlight here. Tablet again, wow, I'm pulling tablets like a madman. And then we could, I suppose, shortcut into City of the Moon Beasts, which would save us an action to play Soothing Melody on ourselves. And if I remember rightly, if you end your turn in City of the Moon Beasts, you have to take a test. So why don't we just heal here and hold the shortcut in hand, and next turn we can shortcut in, grab the clue, and basically not stay, not end our turn in City of the Moon Beasts. Ah, although at the end of our turn here, we've discovered one or more of the clues at the Dark Crater, so we might raise our alarm level here. That makes me think we should leave. So yeah, I'm going to play the shortcut, which moves us into the City of the Moon Beasts. There presently rose ahead the jagged hills of a leprous-looking coast, and Carter saw the thick, unpleasant, grey towers of a city, the way they leaned and bent, the manner in which they were clustered, and the fact they had no windows at all was very disturbing to the prisoner. It's X shroud and one clue. X is the highest alarm level among all investigators. Well, that's one. And it has a forced effect. At the end of the round, each investigator here tests agility two, each investigator who fails must raise their alarm level. So we've still got one action left. We did second wind, investigate, shortcut in. I think we play Soothing Melody and just heal up. Next turn, first action, we either scene of the crime and get this clue, or we flashlight and get the clue. And we advance, which means we're going to take two damage from Hunted by Corsairs. That's all right. So last action, I'll play the Soothing Melody. We heal back up to full, and that draws me a card. It's home front. Upkeep, we go up to three resources. And I draw a card, it's Vicious Blow. (laughs) Wow, okay. A fight coming up, clearly. And then it's the end of the round now, so we have to take that agility test. I haven't dealt myself a damage this round and drawn a card. It's limit once per phase anyway, and this is upkeep. So I'm going to damage myself. I'll go up to five agility against two, which draws me a card. It's evidence. Okay, nice. And we'll take this test. Five on two. Minus two. Pass. Mythos, we place a doom, and I realise I haven't read us Agenda 2A, so I'll read that now. The alarm is raised. Your pace quickens as the creature's pursuit grows more frenzied with each passing minute. The silence you once cursed is broken, 
The awful, piercing screeches that punctuate the night are even worse. A little bit like this beeping alarm I can hear. Five Doom. So we're on one of five. And our encounter card is... Lunar Patrol. Uh-oh. Revelation attached to your location. Action. Test Agility 3 to lose the patrol. If you succeed, discard Lunar Patrol. When an investigator leaves attached location, raise that investigator's alarm level by one. I do not like that. Hand is Perception, Home Front and Vicious Blow, and then two scene of the crimes and an evidence. What do we do? We want to get this clue, and it's one shroud here. So that seems like a good chance for flashlight. We then could advance, and then we need to decide, are we going to try and clear the Lunar Patrol? With a damage, we could be two up on that. Or do we just walk away and take one alarm level? It would take us to alarm two. Is that too problematic? It's a good question. We've not got anything we can commit to that. We are about to take two damage when we advance by Hunted by Corsairs. So I'm not too keen to start damaging us because... This turn we could go from one to four damage. We've got no healing in hand. So let's let's at least investigate first and try and get this clue. We're a three on zero with a flashlight charge. Plus one. Clue. That's our three clues. So let's spend our three in advance, which means we take two damage from Hunted by Corsairs, which draws us a second wind. Well, that is good to know. Timely rescue. After hours of weaving around leprous stone towers and searching high and low, you finally spot a group of shackled creatures being led single file from the docks to who knows where. Luckily, they're guarded by only two of the foul corsairs. You create a distraction loud enough to separate the pair, then sneak by in order to free the captives. Choose an investigator to take control of the set-aside Virgil Grey, truly inspired story asset. And check the campaign log. If Randolph was captured, we get the card. But he wasn't captured because we did well. So Virgil truly inspired. He's got one health and three sanity. If he's defeated, he gets removed from the game. And he has a reaction. After your alarm level is raised, draw a card, gain a resource, or heal one horror from Virgil. And if there were other investigators in the game, I'd hand Virgil over. So if we were to move away now, the Lunar Patrol would give us a uh, a doom, an alarm. But we'd also draw a card or gain a resource for that. And we'd be on two. We're probably not going to reduce our alarm anywhere here, though. Still inclined to try and do the test to clear it. But anyway, I need to read Act 2A. Exploring the moon. Now that you're reunited, it's time to get off this rock. Randolph informs you that the light side of the moon should be safe from the reach of the moon beasts who dwell only on this side. However, it's much too far for you to walk on foot. You'll have to find another way to escape. Only investigators at the Temple of the Moon Lizard may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. And it's one clue, but we don't have any. So I'm guessing we're heading into the temple. I think we still try and bust this. I think we take a damage, taking us up to four. And that makes us a five on three, trying to clear the Lunar Patrol. Zero. Pass. My thinking with that is, we've got the home front and second wind in hand. So even though we're on four damage now we can drop back down to one fairly rapidly. And I'm also thinking we've got two horror soak on Gret and three soak on Virgil. So if we hit Shellshock and take two horror, we can put it all on Virgil or we can spread it out. First action was investigate, then we advanced. Second action was clear Lunar Patrol. Last action, let's move to the Temple of the Moon Lizards. 
The dead temples on the mountains were so placed that they could have glorified no wholesome or suitable gods, and in the symmetries of the broken columns there seemed to lurk some dark and inner meaning which did not invite solution. This is three shroud and a clue, and it's a willpower five test to hide inside the forbidden temple to reduce alarm by one. And there's a forced effect after you discover any number of clues at the temple, you must either take that much horror or discard that many cards from your hand. So we're going to discover one clue at some point and take that much horror, which is one. Well, with a perception and an evidence in hand and two scene of the crimes and a flashlight charge and Gret, I'm not feeling bad about getting that clue next turn. The question is really how. We're only on three resources, so maybe playing scene of the crime isn't efficient. Enemy phase nothing. Upkeep, we draw a second copy of Gret, or we can commit her for plus two intellect if we wanted to. And we go to two doom. Do we go on the hunt here? I don't think we do, because I think we're going to get this clue through investigative means. So, Oh, and we want to play second wind, so yeah. Damn, it's cats from Saturn, though. Luckily, our alarm level is only one, so that's two cats from Saturn. Actually, that's not too bad, right? We have no weapons, so we're doing one damage per punch. But with a vicious blow for one punch and a home front for the other, that would kill both cats. Killing them, we could damage Gret and get the clue here. We wouldn't have to do anything else. We'd be ready to advance then with an action spare. Let's do it. Let's punch the catch cats committing the home front. That makes us a 10 on 2. <laughs> Mr. Powerhouse. Skull. That's half our alarm level, which is 0.5, so it becomes 1. That's 2 damage, including moving 1 from us onto the cat. That's one of the swarms dead. Then we'll punch again. We're 6 on 2, and we'll commit a vicious blow. 7 on 2. Minus two, dead cats. And when we kill that one, I'm going to exhaust Gret Wagner, deal her a damage to discover this clue. And after you discover any number of clues at the Temple of the Moon Lizard, you must either take that much horror, which is one horror, or discard that many cards from your hand. I'll take one horror and I'll put that on Gret as well. Let's advance. Spend our one clue. We're at the right location, the temple. Yeah, let's do it. Through the center. While the majority of this temple is dedicated to an idol the moon-dwelling creatures refer to as the Moon Lizard, you also find several references to some kind of lake of primordial black ooze not far beneath the surface that binds together the core of the moon. These texts imply that the whole of the moon's surface is connected by this core across multiple dimensions. Perhaps we can use it to cross over to the moon's other side, Randolph suggests or to the afterlife, Virgil adds. Yes, one or the other, Randolph replies nonchalantly. It's still our only option. Put the set-aside caverns beneath the moon dark side and the black core locations into play. Spawn the set-aside moon lizard at the black core, exhausted, and shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Deck shuffled, and the moon lizard. X fight and X evade, and it has four per investigator health, monster and elite. It's a hunter. It can only enter cave locations. So it's at the black core at the moment, and next to it, the caverns beneath the moon dark side is also a cave. But all of the locations we've been exploring are surface, so we're fine there. While it's engaged with an investigator, X is that investigator's alarm level, otherwise X is 5. So if it engages us, it's fight 1, but if it's exhausted, it's fight 5, which is sort of nasty. 
and it enters play exhausted as well. Act 3A, The Moon's Core. You suspend your disbelief and descend beneath the moon's crust. In order to reach the other side of the moon, you must make your way through its black core, a trans-dimensional fluid from which nightmares are born. And of course, there's a sea of pitch in Point of No Return as well. So there's a nice little echo that we're both travelling through gooey black stuff in Scenario 3. Clues cannot be discovered from the black core except as a result of a successful investigation. And our objective is, if each investigator is at the black core and it has no clues on it, advance. So action one was punch, action two was punch. We advanced, and now we've got one action left. Our hand is perception, evidence, two scene of the crimes, a second wind, and Gret Wagner. So I think we just head to the moon forest, back to where we started, with a plan to head into the caverns beneath the moon dark side next turn. We've got one charge on our flashlight, we've got Gret Wagner with a damage and a horror, and we've got Virgil in play, as well as the hallowed mirror, and we have on the hunt as well. So yeah, last action move. If we were to have a shortcut, we could shortcut into Caverns Beneath the Moon with a plan to play Scene of the Crime there. That would be really nice, but we don't. Upkeep, Gret readies, the Moon Lizard readies. I draw Randolph Carter. Well, that's just icons because I already have an ally in play. We go to five resources. We hit three Doom, and our encounter card is Somnophobia. Revelation, test willpower five. For each point you fail by, take one horror to a maximum of three horror. For the purposes of counting icons committed to this skill test, all icons match, and willpower and wild icons count as two. So I could commit Randolph for a plus four. That would make me seven against five. I think I just take this. Hmm, yeah, actually, I was going to say I just take it, because if I take three horror, I put one on me and two on Virgil, and it's not a problem. And then I was thinking, unless I draw a tablet, of which I seem to have drawn like ten so far, that would be problematic. So I will commit Randolph. Seven on five. Zero. Pass. What do we do? First action, I think, is play second wind. Second action, I think, is move into the caverns, but then we're taking two damage and two horror from the moon lizard this turn. We don't have a weapon to kill the moon lizard with either. Third action in there could be to investigate, and if we commit this perception, maybe even commit the evidence or the Gret Wagner in our hand, if it draws us into a weapon, we're still engaged with the Moon Lizard. The Moon Lizard is only one to evade while it's engaged with us, so it would be three on one, naturally. Let's play second win first, because we're definitely doing that first action. That heals us back to one damage, and it draws us a card. It's a vicious blow, so that means we could... Punch the Moon Lizard, punch the Moon Lizard, Vicious Bow, punch the Moon Lizard, and it would die. So I think we do, therefore, head into the caves and take the hit from it. Because otherwise, what would we do for two actions here? Just hang around. And if we hit it, we could use Gret to get a clue as well. So second action, let's move into the caverns. While in a black cave on the far, unhallowed summit of the Moon Mountain still vainly waited the crawling chaos, Nihilathotep. Sick shroud and a clue. After you fail a skill test while investigating caverns beneath the moon until the end of your turn, reduce its shroud by two. So if we were to investigate here, we're currently a three. Flashlight would make us a three on four. We could commit perception to be five on four and Gret to be another two up, seven on four. I I don't think it's worth it in a way. May as well save those cards for passing another test because if we think we're going to get this clue next turn from killing the moon lizard i think last action we draw 
which is perverse, but given how much we draw, we're on four resources, so I don't think we need more resources. Resources would be nice. Yeah, last action I'm going to draw. It's practice makes perfect. We've got one perception, one take the initiative, one vicious blow and one home front in the discard pile. Another vicious blow and another perception in our hand. So practice makes perfect could only hit to take the initiative now. But our deck is down to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So we get to search 9 of 14, hoping to hit a take the initiative. Hmm, not too bad. Enemy phase. In Kareen's the Moon Lizard. It engages us. It hits for 2 damage and 2 horror. So I'll put 1 horror on me and 1 on Virgil. And I think I put 1 damage on Gret and 1 on me because I want to save my ability, and we can use Gret two more times anyway after that. And because I've just put damage on a card of control, I draw a card. It's Enchanted Blade level 3. Well, hello. Unfortunately, we can't get it down particularly quickly. Upkeep. I draw 45 automatic, and I take a resource. I actually need to discard a card here. What do I discard? Maybe the automatic, because if I'm going to play a weapon, it's the Enchanted Blade. So yeah, down the automatic goes. Mythos, we hit four doom. And our encounter card is Somniphobia, again. What do we commit to this? Wait, this is where we play Practice Makes Perfect and hope to hit the, take the initiative. Shellshock is the top card, well that's nice. Shortcut, flashlight, emergency aid, on the hunt. Take the initiative, yes. Soothing melody, automatic, emergency cash. So that means we commit to take the initiative to this test. Wild Icons count as double. So that's a plus six we've just pulled out of our deck. So we're now a nine on five. I mean, I'll take that any day of the week. Minus one. We pass. So the take the initiative returns to hand, which is important. And we're ready to go. We are a six on one punching. We could do an evade, play the enchanted blade, stab once and we could end up doing three damage with vicious blow committed to that but that wouldn't kill this or we could just punch 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 with vicious blow and it would be dead and we get the clue i think we just do that so first action we punch and i'll commit the vicious blow seven on one minus two two damage Second action, I'll punch six on one. Zero. It's up to three damage. Third action, I'll punch six on one. Minus one. Defeated. Two victory points. We'll exhaust Gret Wagner. Deal her a damage to get a clue. We've just dealt damage to a card we control, so we draw a card. It's a 45 automatic. That was Mark Harrigan in a cavern beneath the moon, beating up the moon lizard just with his fists. Just douche, douche, douche. I love it. <laughs> um, that's us, I think. If we had a spare action now, I could play the enchanted blade, but I don't have a spare action. Upkeep. We draw an unexpected courage. We hit five resources. What do we get rid of from this hand? We've got take the initiative, perception, and unexpected courage as skills. We've got Gret Wagner, Enchanted Blade 3, and Automatic as weapons. And we've got Evidence and two scenes of the crime. Again, I think the Automatic goes. 
and we advance. We hit five doom, unfortunately. Your escape route is cut off as a pack of lithe creatures surrounds you. At first glance, you believe them to be cats, but they're only vaguely cat-like in shape. What you mistook for fur is more akin to a series of patterns like strange filigrees. You silently pray for aid. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Raise each investigator's alarm level by one. And when that happens, I think I leave the horror on Virgil and I just take a resource, taking me up to six. Check the campaign log. If we forced our way into the temple, we read the following. Well, we didn't do that. So otherwise we read, And to your surprise, an army of cats lands in front of you, having leaped through the void of space itself. You recognise the cat at the head of the formation as the grey old cat with the scar you met months ago. Go, human, he yells. We will hold them off. And we advance to Agenda 3A. They are upon you. The entirety of the moon's denizens are set against you now. Behind every corner, a group of corsairs lies in wait, or a pack of hunting cats lurks to herd you toward its vicious masters. The skies above swarm with winged beasts and black galleys. If you cannot find a way back to Earth, you will surely be captured. For Doom, but there's a hint. The game will not end when this agenda advances, but the agents of Nyalathotep will tighten their noose. Our encounter card is... Corsair of Leng. Two fight, four evade, five health. Spawn at the nearest city or surface location, which is back in the moon forest. It's not even on us. It's alert, and after it attacks via its alert keyword, it gets minus three evade for the remainder of the phase. Ah, what a gimme. Okay, back in biz. First action, let's head into the black core. The path to the moon's core is long and winding. You cannot enter while the caverns beneath the moon dark side has clues on it. Well, we got that clue. A thick black sludge begins to impede your progress as you draw nearer and nearer to the moon's dark core. It's X shroud and has one clue. X is the number of depth tokens on the black core. There's a forced effect. After it's revealed, put three resources on it as depth tokens, plus an additional three per investigator. So three plus three is six. And as an action, you can test Willpower or Combat 2 to swim through the Dark Lake at the Moon's Core. For each point you succeed by, remove one Depth Token from the Black Core. We need to be there with no clues on it as our objective, but clues also can't be discovered here except by investigating. So Gret doesn't work, Evidence doesn't work, Scene of the Crime doesn't work. Now, that was Action 1. Action 2, if we were to commit Take the Initiative, that would be a plus 2. We're already Intellect 3. And we could use our last flashlight charge to make it Shroud 4. So Take the Initiative would make us 5 on 4. Unexpected Courage would make us 7 on 4. Well, Or we could put the Perception in 7 on 4 and another Icon. I think we can go 4 up on this test. Do we even need to put the Take the Initiative in? We can maybe hold that for Encounter Cards. Let's do it. If we're not worrying about Take the Initiative, second action I'm going to play Enchanted Blade level 3, because we do really need to make sure we have a weapon down. Costs 3, comes with 3 charges. Third action, I'll use a Flashlight Charge, so we're against Shroud 4. We're 3 against 4. I'll commit this Perception and this other Gret Wagner for plus 4, which makes us 7 against 4. Uh, I won't commit that Gret Wagner. I'll commit a Scene of the Crime instead, 6 against 4, and I'll take a damage on me taking us up to three damage, which draws us a card. It's an emergency cache. So that takes us to eight on four. Skull. That's half our alarm level, so that's minus one. That's a clue. We draw a card from Perception. It's on the hunt. And we advance to the other side. The lake of black ichor below the surface of the moon is miles wide and bubbles with warm, noxious pockets of gas. 
Most of the lake bed is completely solid. And it seems for a moment that Randolph's plan is a dead end after all. Then you take a final step and your foot is caught by... nothing? Before you can react, you're yanked under the surface. You try to shout a warning to your companions, but your words are swallowed by the black core, along with the rest of your body. Your lungs barely have air. You struggle not to scream as you're carried by a fierce undertow. When you finally emerge, you're in another chamber, just like the one you came from, only you can see a shaft of light piercing through the grey crust above you. Moments later, the rest of your party emerges. Did we make it? Virgil asks. Why, I thought that was the end for sure. This will make for an exciting chapter. Put the set-aside Caverns Beneath the Moon light side, light side of the moon, and the white ship locations into play. Caverns Beneath the Moon light side, light side of the moon, you cannot enter it while Caverns Beneath the Moon light side has clues, and the white ship. The mysterious ship's captain cannot let you aboard until the pursuing moon beasts have retreated. You cannot enter the white ship while your alarm level is 5 or higher. Ours is currently 2. And we advance to Act 4A, Unexpected Rescue. The surface of the light side of the moon is patrolled by ships that sail through the windless sky. One, however, looks different from the rest. Its hull is stark and shining, casting a white glow into the night. The white ship, breathes Randolph. No clue, Tokel. Objective. Find a way off the moon. Okay. And breathe. <laughs> Upkeep. I draw a soothing melody. Lovely timing. We go up to four resources. Hand is soothing melody on the hunt, emergency cash. Scene of the crime, evidence. Five events. We've got Gret Wagner, and then we've got that courage and that take the initiative. We go to one of four doom. With the enchanted blade in play, is it better for us to go on the hunt here? We have one in our hand and one on stick to the plan. Or would we rather we get a treachery now and we can just more or less shrug it off and keep moving? I think we'd actually rather a treachery at this point so that we can keep moving. The only one we don't want is Ancient Evils. And our card is Forced Into Hiding. Revelation. Test Willpower X, where X is your alarm level. If you fail, lose an action. If you fail by three or more, well, we can't because we've only got alarm of two. So we're already a Willpower three on two. I'm going to commit, take the initiative and be a six on two. Plus one. Overkill. Take the initiative goes. Over to us. So we're probably going to need to get a clue from Caverns Beneath the Moon. So first action, let's move there. It's six shroud and a clue. And it says, after you fail a skill test while investigating, until the end of the round, reduce its shroud by two. We could commit evidence, unexpected courage, and gret for a plus six, which would make us nine against six, and take a damage, 11 against six. If we, if we do it and pass, we just move straight onto the light side of the moon this turn. Move, investigate, move. I think we do it. We're a three with Gret Wagner, but we'll commit another Gret Wagner to be a five. We'll take a damage, which draws us a card. It's a soothing melody. To be a seven on six. We'll commit an evidence to be a nine on six. And I think we'll commit the on the hunt in our hand instead to be a ten on six. Save the unexpected courage. Is this mad? No, we'll just keep going. 10 on six. Skull, minus one. Clue. The reason I said, is this mad? I was thinking, actually, should we just be healing? We're on four damage. And if I play Soothing Melody now, I may as well have waited and played Scene of the Crime here. No, let's move on to Light Side of the Moon. Last action move. It's five shroud and a clue. In the symmetries of the broken columns, there seemed to lurk some dark and inner meaning, which did not invite solution. 
It's also Victory 2. And as an action here, you can test Intellect 1 or Agility 1 to attempt to hide among the ruins. For every three points you succeed by, reduce your alarm level by one. Well, five shroud and one clue. That seems like a scene of the crime location. Enemy phase, nothing. Upkeep, we draw emergency aid. We go up to five resources. We hit two doom. I don't think we want to go on the hunt again. And we draw hunted by corsairs. Great. I think we're done, right? So first action, I'm going to spend two and play scene of the crime and get that clue. Second action, I'll move into the white ship. We cannot enter if our alarm level is five or higher. Well, it's two. And after it's revealed, we put the set-aside captain into play at the white ship. The captain reads, if each undefeated investigator is at the white ship, well, that's true, parlay, test willpower X or intellect X to convince the captain to set sail. X is the highest alarm level among investigators. If you succeed, advance the act. Any investigator at the white ship may activate this ability. So our hand, courage, cash, two soothing melodies, and an emergency aid. We're currently three intellect. We could commit four cards in our hand to be one, two, three, four, five, plus five. That would be eight on three. We, I mean, we don't even need to do that. Is there any reason to delay the only reason I can think of is that we could go on the hunt for another moon beast and try and kill that next turn for another uh, VP. But we've got every single VP going so far, apart from one moon beast. I think we play it safe. We're a three on two. I'll commit unexpected courage and emergency aid to be six on two. Let's see if we can leave. Minus two. That's a success. So we advance the act, which means we take two damage from Hunted by Corsairs. We go up to six damage. And Sophie flips over to her It Was All My Fault side. Our stats are reduced. And the act flips over the captain. With your party safely aboard the white ship, you beseech its captain to leave the moon at once. You've no desire to stay in this perilous place any longer than you have to. Not yet. The captain replies with an amiable smile. You plead with him, but he raises a hand in a gesture of silence, peering out into the distance. You squint against the light from the sun, which hangs static in the dark sky. There, miles away, you spot the thing that drew the captain's eye. A bird with many wings and even more colours, its feathers bright and vivid. It perches on a ruined stone structure and preens itself. Then, just as your patience is beginning to wear thin, it launches itself into space and the captain pulls up the ship's anchor. Resolution one. Yes! <laughs> cool! Wow! Mark Harrigan, powerhouse. The nuts thing about that is we went through one enchanted blade and then we killed the moon lizard unarmed and we killed two cats from Saturn unarmed. I mean, I know he's a guardian and he should be able to do the damage, but... Yeah, really good. And we went up to four damage and healed back up twice, right? I like where this deck is at at the moment in terms of how it can smash tests, get clues, kill enemies. Like, it feels like it's working really well at the moment. But I also, yeah, yeah, I'm pleased. I'm really pleased. So resolution one, let's check it out. As the white galley glides silently back towards the earth, its captain sings a soft, melodic shanty, which the ship's oarsmen repeat. You seem to know the language well, despite having never heard it before. 
You ask after your course, but the bearded man does not reply other than to continue his harmonious song. You plead with him to aid you in your search for unknown Kadath, believing it to be of the utmost importance. You should not seek to disturb the gods, the man warns, his song interrupted. They are far greater than you or I. Do you not see the folly in your ambition? You beseech him once more, telling him you must bring back proof of the dreamlands and cannot return home without the aid of the gods. Would that be so dire a fate? Look around you. You do as the captain requests and are met with a scene of such serene beauty that it leaves you breathless. The scenes below glitter in the moonlight like an ocean of diamonds. Along the horizon, you see crystalline coastlines, blissful countrysides, lush mountain vistas and emerald green gardens. The air is crisp and cool as you descend below the clouds. Your heart swells with the sweet fragrance of flowers from the nearby coast. Never in all your years in reality have you experienced a beauty so real. Maybe staying wouldn't be so bad. You've already spent weeks, no, months in this land. There have been hardships, yes, but could you really return to your mundane reality after everything you've seen and experienced in this wondrous land? Then, far to the north, you see it. Looming just over the horizon, or perhaps beyond the dreams of Earth itself, a white peak, atop which sits an azure beacon of refracted moonlight. The bearded man follows your gaze. So be it, he sighs. He changes course, following now behind a celestial bird whose plumage matches the vibrant sky. We sail to the abode of the gods themselves. We need to record that Mark travelled to the cold wastes, that Randolph survived the voyage, and we earn Victory X, which is the Moon Lizard and the Moon Beast for three, two for the light side of Moon for five, and a cool four for the first four locations for nine XP. We also record three tally marks next to evidence of Kadath, and now we need to do interlude three, The Great Ones. Phew-wee. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. The finale beckons. I have no clue how we're going to be able to take down He That Shall Not Be Named repeatedly. Oh, He That Shall Not Be Named is Hasta. Nihilathotep, the crawling chaos, that guy, the scary guy. Like, that is going to be mean trying to deal with him. But we're going to have to find a way. If anyone can do it, it's powerhouse Mark. So yeah, if you've got any suggestions for that 9 XP, I have 2 XP spare as well. So yeah, 3 of that straight away, that takes us down to 8, will go on the second upgraded Enchanted Blade. And 8 left, we could just upgrade our Vicious Blows and upgrade our guns. Or with 8, wow, we could go and look at some of the like level 5... Nathaniel cards, the one-two punch level five, potentially. Oh, we need to have a look, really. Monster Slayer level five. We should check out what Nihilathotep's traits are and whether or not we can just Monster Slay in one hit. <laughs> can you imagine? That would be awesome. We've got to tool up for a fight. We've got to tool up for a fight. So yeah, maybe emergency cash level three as well to charge up our flashlight would be good. Anyway... Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. You can get in touch with us at all the usual places. If you're a patron, thank you so much. Thank you for being part of the amazing community around the podcast. And thank you more generally for being part of the amazing community of the game. Thanks for listening. Bye.